You want me to just kind of say something as we go along here? Yeah, just say something. Hey, Rocco, welcome to Destination Linux, <laughs> where things fall apart right before the show. Right? We wing it. <laughs> That's right. All right, you ready? I guess I am. Ready as you'll ever be? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right, well, let's kick it off, I guess. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Welcome to episode 49. I'm Rocco. And I'm Rob. And this is Destination Linux. Today, we have... Uh, Ryan decided to skate out on us today, and we have an anniversary coming up for Destination Linux I think it was December 14th was our first episode that we posted. Wow. It was, wow. A, it was a long time ago, Rob. A whole how, year. <laughs> how, how'd that happen? Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. So we've went through the year and we figured we would have you back on as or as one of the as an anniversary type show for being one year. And lo and behold, snow came along and canceled some flights for Ryan, and he's not able to be here. So, Rob, you're, gonna, Ro you're just going to step right in, and it's going to be like old times. Is Ryan stuck in an igloo somewhere? I don't know, but he's snowed in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you, Rocco. It's great to be back. But I've got to say, before we go on, you guys have done such a phenomenal job with the podcast. Uh, the guests you've had on, just the quality of the show continues to improve the content. And uh, maybe I'm just slightly biased, but it has become my number one favorite podcast by far. Well, that is that is awesome. We have done uh, tried to make it better, but the guests that have joined us have been totally awesome. Like, yeah. uh, I'm not even going to mention any of the names because I don't want to slight <laughs> anybody because they all of them. We're pretty awesome. And to be able to come on the show and talk to us and talk to us about what's going on in their life in Linux. Hey, you can't get better than that, man. Oh, it's so, it's so enjoyable because you're, you're getting insight and different perspectives. And uh, that's something that I've always enjoyed. And you guys are asking the right questions and um, and then when appropriate, you just let them go, you know, just let, <laughs> there's one well, name that comes to mind, like Ike, for example, just let him go. Just you know? let him go. That's all you can do is you just ask him a question, just let him go. <laughs> but yeah, we have had a, a whole different range of guests too, from gaming to, you know, like Alan Poe from Canonical and, um, you know, distro developers and where there's going to be a few more that are pretty exciting coming up. So it's going to be uh, hopefully a good year. Excellent. So how's life been, man? Oh, life is good, but I got a confession to make to you and everyone else, Rocco. I never thought I would hear myself saying this, but I have become a COD World War II <laughs> uh, addictive <it>. maniac. <laughs> 
<laughs> you do realize said, that's a Windows only game, Rob. You do. I need that. help. I'm going to need. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but actually, it, we're doing it on the Xbox, which is a Windows machine. Yep. But uh, but you know, just been really getting into it, and um, you know, I'm not great, but it's so addictive. You know, so addicting. It is. It is a really good game to play. It's brought back the fun of playing COD. When yeah. it when the franchise took off to you know, uh, oh, Modern Warfare wasn't bad, but yeah. when it took off to space and everything like that, uh, it wasn't my bag of it wasn't right. my bag. So you and a lot of other people. <laughs> when it came back to World War II, I was so excited, and it is a really good game, even though well, it doesn't run on Linux. It's a really good right. game. It's a really good game. And the campaign is the part that, to, to me, that really put it over the top. If you, if you play all the way through the campaign, they did a phenomenal job with the campaign. Now, the multiplayer is pretty well stable, what you expect from COD, right. you know, as far as multiplayer is concerned. But yeah, wish it ran on Linux because then we could sing its praises even more. I would love it for it to run on Linux. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. So what are you running, dude? Well, up until just a day and a half ago, I was running Ubuntu Budgie quite successfully, I might add. Uh, stable, had, you know, we've gone down this path before. Got everything just perfect. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. This is the system. Running great. No flaws, no hiccups, nothing. Time to Time jump. To switch. <laughs> so uh, what I realized, Rocco, is it's been so long since I've really get given uh, KDE a fair shake. So I loaded up Trusty Interagus with KDE. Yep. And um, so we'll see. Time will tell on that one. You know, KDE doesn't have the appeal it once had with me for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a time where I loved KDE and it's not that I don't love it. It's just that um, there is there are things that are not right with it that kind of dampen how much you really like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Yep, absolutely. But Ubuntu Budgie's really, really nice. Beautiful. Defaults are great. I, I love it. I wish yeah. it had a better menu. What do you think? Do you are you digging the menu or what? I, you know what? I'm fine with it because I I basically just place a shortcut for whatever I want anyway, and so that's the only stickler I would say beyond that. And and I've just you know I don't I don't worry about it uh, because everything else is like you said out of the box. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like I need to do a lot of the theming. Nope. Uh, it's just kind of all there, you know. Do you use a dock at all? No, no I don't even use a dock with it. Hmm. See, now I would I would have to install either Cairo or Plank, one or the other. Yeah, especially with the menu. But yeah. So, um, the channel the channel's been good or what? No, I've been a slacker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, haven't we all? Oh my gosh, terrible. Um, Rocco, I haven't posted a video in two months. So uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not saying I'm I'm quitting the channel or nothing like that. It's just that you know what, Rob? It's called real life, man. It, real life, but uh, COD is to blame. <laughs> Call of Duty is. To blame. That's not real life, Rob. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, between work and whatever free time, family time, that kind of thing, and uh, and it's something that is there. It's just that I, I want it to be. 
I want it to be real. I want the creative juices to be there. I want to get that kind of the energy back into the channel, Rocco. And it started to become one of those things where people said, Hey, check this out, check that out, check this out. And, 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 and some of this was not even, it wasn't distros. It was just, Hey, we make this software review this review that. Right. And it, it started to feel, you and I have said this before, buddy, um, when it's no longer fun and, and something you enjoy doing as a hobby and starts to look like work, then you got to figure out, Hey, you if know, you do I need another, yeah. Do I need another job? And this thing doesn't really pay, you know, right. this, <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't pay millions of dollars. We're not getting millions of dollars for this. No, I'd love to do one of those commercials where, you know, I'm in my garage and I pan over with the camera and there's my Lamborghini. I don't really care about it. It's all these books behind me that I really appreciate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <One of those. laughs> well, seeing how Ryan's not here and he decided to let the weather, you know, keep him from being here. He did have a question for you and I will a- ask you that. So, okay. Uh, what's some advice you have for dealing with Rocco? <laughs> oh, now this one's easy. This one's very easy. Just be nice. <laughs> he, he acts like I give him a hard time. I mean, I never, everybody listening should know everybody watching should know. I never, ever. Okay. Maybe a little bit. I give him a little bit of a hard time. But... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know what you got, you have to keep each other in check. Otherwise things just go off the rails, right? That's right. Well, we had a whole big show planned for, uh, all kinds of different things for personal picks of desktop environments, favorite software for 2017. I think we'll get into some of it, but I think we'll let Ryan next week, maybe explain his picks, but yeah. Yeah. Right now, our first topic is an article about the top contributors in 2017 in Linux, in basically the Linux kernel area. Now, this is some amazing numbers, Rob. Since the last report, there's more than 4,300 developers from over 500 companies that have contributed to the kernel. Amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And, you know, even names that maybe you wouldn't expect, maybe Google, those kind of (laughs) things are pretty much uh, unbelievable that some of these things, that some of these contributors are out there. And you have 15,600 developers from more than 1,400 companies have contributed to the Linux kernel since 2005. So yep. that those numbers were for the last report, but 1,400 companies since 2005. So that is one amazing set of numbers. It is. And to see, um, you know, names like Samsung and like you said, Google, AMD, um, you know, names we all know. And then, you know, there are the usuals, of course, Red Hat, so on and so forth. But to see some of those big names, um, you know, Samsung, I'm kind of keeping my eye on them. You know, they've got that uh, dock thing with their phone and it pulls up. Uh, you guys talked about this, I think, uh, pulls up Linux. Yep. It's, we're getting to the point, hopefully someday that you could sit down and get home from work. Like we talked about that in some of the earlier, earliest episodes of being able to sit down from, you know, bring your phone, plop it in a dock and have it be your desktop computer. And it just work flawlessly together. So We can dream. We We, can dream. We can dream. But a few more numbers here for uh, the 2017 contributors. 
they are some of the top contributors are Intel, Red Hat, Lenaro, IBM, Samsung, SUSE, Google, AMD, and a few others. So some of the names you expect, some of the names maybe you don't expect that actually contribute to the kernel. Well, Linux right now powers 100% of the world's top 500 supercomputers. That just falls right in line with kind of what we were discussing. I mean, you think of not 99.7% or 97.9%, 100% of the world's top 500 uh, supercomputers, Rocco. Well, I think um, we had done an article before on it that said it was 99.3 or 99.8% of the Linux, of the top 500 supercomputers were Linux. And now it's completely reached 100%. Yep. Uh, five of those run Ubuntu. Uh, 20 of them run some form of Red Hat uh, Enterprise. 109 su- supercomputers run uh, a Red Hat affiliated, you know, like Cent- uh, CentOS. Yep. Um, and then the remainder run a specialized version of Linux. So it could be some stripped down form, you know, for uh, whatever the uh, supercomputer's task may be, probably mining for Bitcoin, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say that, you know, it says hi, uh, a highly customized uh, Linux. It's there's no, you know, you're not going to run, you know, Ubuntu 16.04 on a supercomputer. Right. So it's <laughs> That's exactly right. got to be highly customized. Now, this is interesting. The world's current fastest supercomputer is China's Sunway. And I'm going to butcher this. Uh, the Taihu Light. Mm-hmm. which is powered by a colossal 650,000-plus CPUs. Uh, like they say here, it is a beast of a machine, and it con- uh, runs a customized version of a Linux called Sunway Rays OS. I wonder so if I'm we could have run, that that. run Yeah, I'm going to have that <laughs> running next week, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, could, could you about 650,000-plus CPUs? This thing must be in a giant stainless steel tank of a frozen liquid of some kind or, a, you know, it's crazy. How, how would you cool something like that, man? It's got to be like in a freezer, I think. I don't know. 93 petaflops, the equivalent power of 2 million laptops chained together and running. That's, I mean, that's, it's, that's mind. If that doesn't create some form of take over the world AI, I don't know what will, you know, some amazing stuff. So this is all like 2017 news. And it, it's absolutely amazing that that Linux is coming so far. Yes. So yes, it is. We have a, a section that we were going to do for personal picks for top distros, and we're going to leave Ryan's out because Ryan's out. Is that how you say that? No. Yes. We're going <laughs> to leave that out so that he can. I don't want to spoil his fun of announcing um, what he was going to pick for his top stuff so we'll just go on to ours so rob what is your top pick or top picks for 2017 as usual i can't ever just pick one okay it's it's like almost impossible you'd have to like hold a gun to my head you know and then i would i would but i would say um Really, for me, Interagos is still number one for me because of the flexibility. I've just kind of always gone back to it uh, with a well, close Well, let me sec- ask you there. Yeah. Um, we had on Big Daddy Linux Live last week, we had a 
basically a distro challenge. Everybody was going to install Intergos. And everybody that was there said they were going to do it. And there were a, a lot of people that had issues. Did you have any issues installing Intergos this last time? That's just the thing, Rocco. I have never had an issue, not once, installing Intergos. Now, flip over to Manjaro or Manjaro, however you want to say it. And I've had numerous times where I've had issues there, you know, and again, an arch-based distro. Well, I know they just came out uh, with a new update to their ISO. I think it was, uh, forgive me for not remembering the exact number, but they did just do an update to it. Yep. So, yep. And hope- I just got that fresh update. Actually. Yeah. So hopefully yep. that will have fixed some of the issues and people, because a lot of people were turned off by it. And I was kind of upset because... You know, me and you have talked about Intergos for a long time. And even when we started, when back in, I think it was January, when we were running Intergos and there was no issues with it. So it it really is a good distribution and a good operating system distribution. And it was a shame to see so many people have problems with it. So maybe this new update will have fixed that. You know, but we've seen that with all of the mainstay distributions. If you look at the top rated, say, 15 or 10, pick a number, Mm -hmm. they're all going to go through these phases where there are just going to be problems at some point. They're not going to have a perfect track history, you know, for, for years and years and years. It's just it's almost impossible when you start looking at everything that's involved, you know, and getting things pulled together, I'll say that's my number one followed closely, maybe even tied at times with Solus. Um, That just continues to develop, to be, I, I can't even describe like if you were to take, say, you know, a Ferrari or a Porsche or something like that, and just tune it and everything just jives and it works and it runs and it's fast and it handles well and it's comfortable to sit in, you know, and it, and, and it handles the curves to me. That's just where Solus. every time I install it, I'm like, this is a Ferrari of a, you know, of a, of an OS. Well, I know that everybody, it's funny because it's a, it's, it's weird because everybody talks about Solus. And yet I still don't think it should, it gets the recognition that it should get for what it does. Because if there was a, if there was a distribution out there that made all of the changes and all of the, added all the features that Solus has in just take a snapshot of say a year, you would be calling it a super distribution. You would, it was, it would be the best thing. Uh, And I think we take it for granted sometimes because uh, like Ike will come out with something phenomenal and we're like oh yeah that's cool that's solace yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and, and you don't really realize oh my gosh look what he just did so yeah yeah no and 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 it's just that good you know and and but so why am i not running it right now you know uh so why aren't you running it Rob? well there it's still the only uh, achilles heel is I'll still have an issue with third-party software or something like that from time to time. Yep. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where I'll hit a small wall. And the problem is it's so easy just to switch. <laughs> you know, so, so you do. Um, and then thirdly, I guess third runner-up right now, and I never dreamed I'd have 
be saying this because, you know, I've never been one to harp on Ubuntu, but Ubuntu Budgie. Absolutely uh, amazing, huh? Great. Great job. Keep up the good work. That's all I'm going to say. So what about you, man? Where are you? Well, well, right now, if you ask me what I'm running right now, it would be weird for me to say Ubuntu Unity, Ubuntu 16.04 LTS. What is wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was running Ubuntu 17.10. And to be honest with you, one of the main reasons why I switched from there, it was running fine. And they've made some great strides since they announced that they were changing to, uh, as we call it now, Gnome Gnome. Because when you say it that way... Everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, Gnome. Uh-huh. Um, they have made great strides with that, but there are still certain issues like uh, the system tray. I would lose because of the change with the system tray and them not supporting um, some of the extensions that were popular. I would lose my notification area. And they would just be gone. I wouldn't be able to see what was running, what was open. And then they would appear later right and it was just off and on so i got to the point where you know what i'm just and i have in the last couple weeks have tried many distributions and i need something that's stable because of the podcast itself i need something that i can count on that's going to be i can put it on and it's just going to run right and that's why i'm on 1604 lts I can't say what that that's in my, that's I can't say that's my, my in my top picks of 2017 but that's what I'm on right now because of stability. So I'm going to say Ubuntu 17.10 is in the mix for top uh, distro of the year because of the strides they have made in changing it. Uh everybody thought that it was kind of dead. I mean right. when they made that announcement everybody thought it was dead in the water and it was just going to be nothing and i think they have done a a great job with it so that's definitely in there um linux mint cinnamon 18.3 which we're going to talk about is i i mean okay i'm not one of the guys that hate linux mint i'm not one of the guys that love linux mint but because there's many things i have problems with linux mint but 18.3 is really nice it's really good and they have improved it a lot Improved it enough to where I was actually like strongly thinking I was going to run that as my main machine, <laughs> but I didn't. I, I, just, I stuck. I'm like, ah, I better just stick with the stability. You know what I mean? Um, but we need help. I'm telling Man, you, do we need. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, Solus would probably edge out all of them uh, for being higher in the list. I I don't I'm not going to make a 1 2 or 3, but I think Solus would edge out both of them as far because of all the innovations they have done, all of the work they put into it and made it absolutely well, fabulous. Rocco and I, and I can tell you and I paid attention to this, so so like I can put any given OS on this laptop. This is actually this is a, a ThinkPad I'm running this on, but uh and then launch a few things and the fan will kick in. Okay. Mm-hmm. On any given OS. But I've noticed with Solus, you could do the same thing. And it's something, something's in place there that system resources aren't being pulled on as hard 
And that's why I have that analogy of Ferrari or Porsche, take your pick there, you know, supercar of, and it, and it consistently runs that way, you know, smooth and fast. Um, and I don't know if that's been your same experience or not, but it's been my experience. And, you know, you had talked about, um, why you're not running it and pretty much that comes down to why I'm not running it. It's not that, uh, for somebody who wants a, a system that has, if, if that has the software you need, it is a perfect distro. Yeah. If you're somebody like me or possibly you who want to try out different software, you hear about this new software and you want to try it out and you're not too keen on building your own snaps because they, you know, they put in snap support. So that right, made right. it that much better. It made it that much easier to install software, but there's, you know, you're not going to have a new program come out and then tomorrow it's a snap. Right. So that's pretty much the only reason why I'm not running it right at the moment. Here, here. And, and, you know, I am kind of slowly getting to a point though, where because I've been such a slackered on Linux quest <laughs> lately, I haven't been trying all the various, you know, bits and pieces of software coming out. Um, you know, that's, that's an area where I was, I'm almost there at that point where there's a few things that I can get set up and, uh, and just run with it. And, and the looks department and everything to me right out of the box, I don't even really tweak anything with it. So I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Well, every time they've installed it, I mean, they've installed it. Every time I've installed it, they have added more and more to their repositories. It's like yeah. every time you find a little bit more that's in there, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was in there. I didn't realize that was in there either. So yeah. it's getting to the point where it's almost there to run full time all the time. So yeah. we'll see. Well, uh, there's a lot more here that we've got to uh, kind of go through and pick, and it gets harder as we go, Rocco. You had a few things on your list, and we're going to skip over Ryan's, I take it. Yep. We have the personal pick for our beloved desktop environments of 2017. So we just did our distros. So, Rob, what is your favorite? Easy. Right now, easy. So uh, XFCE and Budgie. Well, I can't say that Ryan, if Ryan was here, he would disagree with you because he's the one that got me to try XFCE. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. You run KDE. Yep. And you run XFCE. So right. how do you find the differences in customizing? And then there's the stability part of it while you customize. So talk about that so, a little bit. Absolutely. So actually I have felt kind of like I've just been ignoring KDE because I had, I, it's been a while since I've really given KDE a fair shake. So, um, you know, that's what I'm running now. Uh, I'm going through and learning some of what's new in the settings department and some other things that they've done to try to consolidate the uh, myriad of settings that are still available in KDE, you know, to just make it whatever you want to make it. But what I have found is that, it's not that big a deal as it once was, you know, now for me, I'm, I'm more into let's keep it simple. Uh, let's keep the workflow simple and keep things, you know, at a minimum. And so as much as I love KDE and I'm even finding early on here a day and a half in, you know, that 
I just don't need all of that. Now, XFCE on the flip side, lighter, yep. you know, uh, still easy to customize. Um, and you can still have fun with it if you want to, but you can also set it up to just kind of get out of your way uh, and stay really, really light. And I've, I've never really had any issues with crashing or anything with XFCE, whereas with KDE, on occasion, you'll get some kind of a weird issue still today, you know? Yep. Well, I think KDE tries to be, you know, their, their motto is like simple yet powerful when needed. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to be simple, uh, but there are so many settings in that thing that you can just change. And you're right. Every time you go in, you see something else. You're like, you know, I see something else every time I go in to say, and I didn't, I didn't remember I could do that. You know what I mean? But again, we go back to what you said. Is that needed? Is it needed for right. all of that? And I find that after harassment from Ryan for all of these weeks, that XFCE is more simple and yet just as, or almost just as powerful as KDE. Almost, yeah. And, but you can get to the settings easier like oh, you can yeah. do things easier instead of going through three clicks through the settings manager trying to search for this setting it's right here yep that kind of thing so did you spend any time with whisker menu i did and whisker menu is i wish it, whisker menu is an awesome menu i wish yeah. it was a little bit more modern yeah yeah that's the only only drawback yep but it is an absolutely awesome menu, and I have uh, Zubuntu seventeen ten on a second drive that I have on one of my bigger drives that I have, so that I could put all of my stuff on it and test it out, you know, like it was on my main machine. And I would probably be running that right now had it not been for the whole dual monitors. XFCE has an issue with dual monitors. Yes, it does. Uh, um, but back to the whisker menu, that is by far, uh, if, you know, if you just had to pick a distro based on menu, I would, or excuse me, a desktop based on menu, I would go with the whisker menu every time. I just absolutely love the ability to configure it the way you can. Yeah. XFCE looks a little dated in many areas, but, um, but other than, you know, that brings me to something. I just realized one of the distros I probably ran the longest uh, without just hopping or going back or, you know, back and forth was Linux Mint XFCE. Yep. Well, Ryan was running Linux Mint XFCE. He wanted me to try it. I, I didn't. I just stuck on Zubuntu. So. Scaredy cat. <laughs> but Scaredy you, cat. You talk about menu. Um, it's not customizable at all, but I really love the Unity menu. Gosh. I really, it's Who just, are you? It is just <laughs> fabulous, dude. I never got into Unity before, but I mean, it's just a fabulous menu. You know, Matt loves Unity. And um, so is it one of those things, Rocco, did you just give it enough time, man? Because I have <laughs> I have tried to give make myself give it enough time and I can't get into it. Yeah, but okay, but you have to let go of the traditional way of menu thinking you know what i mean you it's almost like a gnome thing where if you're going to run gnome you're never going to be happy with gnome if you want it to be something that you are used to you have to install it 
and run it the way it's intended by the developers to run it. And if you can get used to that workflow, it's pretty awesome. And it's the same way with Unity. If you can get used to it and and not worry about not being able to customize it, it's a pretty awesome menu. But, okay, here's where I guess then this is where, no, and I think it's great that you've gotten into it to that point and you're really, really happy with it. That part is awesome. But when I hear um, you run it the way they intend for you to run it and don't worry about customizing it, then I start feeling like, okay, I'm in the Mac world. Uh, I'm in, you know, or the Windows world, although you can customize, I think, Windows more than Mac. But then you start to feel like, I start to feel like. You're okay, boxed in? It, uh, you're boxed in, yeah. And you're not in reality. I mean, yeah, you could switch and run something else. but uh, No, I agree. It gives you that. I mean, you can get that feeling from being like I run. I'm running Ubuntu 16.04 and you can get that feeling that you're boxed in because you, you know, you can't change this and put this here. Like, you know, like I want right. my clock in the center type thing. You can't change everything about it. And I don't mean when I say, you know, run it the way the developers intended it. I don't mean I'm not trying to be the mind guy saying, oh, just run it the way we want you to run (laughs) that kind of thing. (laughs) I'm just saying, except if you're going to run it, you accept the workflow that it has. And when you do that, it has an act. It really has a good workflow to it. There is something to be said for that for sure. And um, especially if you're just trying to just get things done, right? And then you get into that workflow and they've done such a nice job with it that it all with, I hate to use the word flows. Yep. Um, I guess there is something to be said for it. Maybe, you know, and this is where, this is the conundrum. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's I'll always leave been. The show, we'll leave the show and I'll be like, man, you know, I, I put a Rob. lot of faith in what Rocco's judgment and what Rocco says about things. So maybe I need to try it. You know what I'm saying? Subliminal <laughs> message here, Rob. Try <laughs> unity, try unity. <laughs> no, I think that um, I never would have thought of myself saying something like that i would have never thought me saying yeah unity's not bad the menu's pretty good i never would have thought that because i like to customize but i also like stability too and when you try all these different distros and i'm talking main machine trying i'm not talking you know like trying on a on a second drive i'm talking you like you'll install a, a distribution on a second drive and you'll try it out and it'll be really good. It'll tempt you to put it on your main machine. Like there's a level, some of them you put on their second drives and they're like, ah. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but when it gets to that main machine level, um, it's gotta be stable too. Right. Uh, that's right. Well, there's a lot more out there, um, that we have picks on as far as software. And, um, you had some of your, uh, top software picks of 2017, and I found uh, reading through Ryan's, and again, we'll save those, I guess. Uh, but it was pretty interesting to read through because I think we we've all got some similar pieces and bits and pieces that we uh, we all like. We do. So um, I'll just go with one of mine, and then you can start with one of yours. All right. Okay. So I'm going to skip down to Mailspring. Mailspring is a uh, email program kind of like Thunderbird where it grabs your um, 
emails from IMAP or I don't know if it has pop support or not. But anyway, it is I've been looking for the longest time to replace Thunderbird because of, well, it kind of looks dated. Okay. <laughs> and I've been looking to uh, get an email program that uh, looks good and yet functions great. And I think this is like 99% there. Yep. I got to agree. Did you try it? Yes, I have. And, you know, when I first, the first time I tried it, uh, there were a few little issues, but this goes back when it was, when it first launched. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, so loaded it back up recently. And I agree with you 100%. I think it's the best, you know, static mail client. If you're going to use a desktop mail client available right now. It worked flawlessly with, I have 12 or 12 or 13 email accounts that I pull in and different services. (laughs) I know it's it's ridiculous, but um, I have that many and it pulled all of them in perfectly and it had no trouble with any of the services with the exception of my main email service, which was um, Hushmail. It would not sync properly with Hushmail. Not sure exactly okay. why. Uh, it it would sync, but it wouldn't sync the right way. And we'll just leave it at that. But that's yeah. one of my. What's your, what's one of your favorite softwares of finds of 2017, Rob? Without a doubt, uh, this was this was fun to list up. By the way, uh, Caden Live. Uh, to me, it's still the best. There's nothing that does a better job, you know, if for video editing right now. There is nothing better than Caden Live. I'm sorry. Absolutely the best video editor on Linux. And it continues to improve in small ways too. And it's not till you start using it that you go, hmm, okay, now that makes sense. I'm glad this, you know, I didn't think about that before, but yeah, this was a good change. Um, And stability wise, uh, you know, it's maintained uh, throughout some of these upgrades. So unlike another piece of software, which I won't mention. (laughs) Well, okay. But Caden Live benefits from being part of the KDE project where it's constantly being updated. Right. So yeah, that helps. Yes, it does. All right. So this is not found in 2017. This was not, it's it's not even, I don't even think it's maintained anymore, but one of my favorite pieces of software ever, and that's why I'm going to honorably mention it here is AutoKey. And yep. AutoKey is a program, like I said, it's not maintained, maintained anymore, but it is a program that will input all kinds of different things like text, uh, whatever you put into it, it will input it by a shortcut key or hotkeys or you type. Like, for example, I run a blog and I have, um, I insert certain images in certain areas or certain links in certain areas. So what I have it set up to do is I have it like a certain key combination to the initials of the website, and and then it will automatically input that in to whatever, whether it's a text document, a, a browser, and right. it just works awesome. Yeah, well, I have never tried it, never used it, um, but sounds like something I need to check out for sure. Well, it's if you don't need it, you don't need it. Okay, so it's not like it's earth-shattering if you don't need it, but if you're into saving time and entering text, or I have it set up to, if when I do SUP, it will automatically run pseudo apt update. Okay. You know what I mean? It just inputs that text in. So it's a pretty great program. If, no, it if sounds like it. something to check out for sure. 
Well, the next one on my list was easy as well. And it's just been one of those, you know, once you do a fresh install, there's, you know, a few things you just automatically, you don't even think about it. You just automatically uh, install. And that would be Etcher. Um, you know, doing what we do or doing what I used to do a lot, a lot more, uh, burning ISOs. Um, it's, it just, it's the cross platform way to go. And that's another, I guess, advantage is that it is cross platform. So, uh, if you, you know, had to move over to a windows machine, let's say, uh, you could use that with very little learning curve. It's one of the most simple, uh, programs out there for burning ISOs. And yet I have never once had an issue. And you know how many ISOs we burn. Right, right. (laughs) I've never had an issue with one of the ISOs burned with Etcher. And that's what's so good about Etcher too. And if anyone related to uh, doing anything with Etcher is listening, keep it that way in that it does one thing and it does one thing really, really well. And it's not trying to be three different things in one package. So, you know, it's not trying to be your, um, you know, photo editor along with burning ISOs or, you know, that's extreme, but you get the picture there. It, It stays focused and it does that really, really well. Well, the last one I'm going to mention and no idea when it came out. Um, all I know is I've just recently stumbled onto it. So it's called TZ Clock. And basically all it is is a clock for your desktop. And kind of like a conky, but stays on top. It has a couple modes in it, multiple clocks in it. So you can have as many clocks as you want next to each other or in columns. Ah. And they can all be set to different time zones. So when we do the show, I can have one set to, you know, producer Zeb's time zone and uh, uh, the guest's time zone, wherever they're at, plus ours. And it, it's a pretty neat thing. So it's nothing earth shattering, but it is uh, a pretty nice little nifty program. You have to check it that, out. That does sound handy, man, for sure. Well, and the next one on my list was another easy one, and it's one that um, – it's, it's a piece of software that I have grown to say, you know what, kind of like when um, uh, Evernote first came out, you, mm-hmm. you, you say to yourself, man, I, I could not ever not do without this software, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's impasse. Uh, it's a terrific way to uh, keep your passwords uh, and all of your websites, bank account information, all that stuff. Uh, secure with high encryption. It's again, it's cross-platform. Um, just absolutely uh, appreciate it for what it is. So. I have been using NPAS for the longest time now, probably at least a year, and it has so many features that other ones do not have. Yeah. Um, now it does. It is a little bit uh, wonky when you go to install ex- the extension for Firefox because you have to enable it in the actual program first because it's a program right. right? and then it connects to your Firefox through a, a uh, add-on or a Chrome extension and recently I've been trying a new one called Bitwarden but that one is sort of like LastPass where it's all on the cloud and I'm not too yeah. keen on that Right. but NPass has this the, the feature that you can sync it to your own drive. You can sync it to the cloud. You can sync it to Google. You can sync it to Dropbox, all of this stuff. And you don't have to worry about it being 
uh, hacked into or uh, this service left their security undone and you yeah. know like even LastPass had issues at times right and that's one of the best things about NPass that I can keep it on my local drive or I can keep it in like I said I can keep it in my uh, my Google account or my Dropbox account wherever I want or my own server so. You could set it up to sync over to my server, Rocco. There'd be no problems whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it'd be. <laughs> but no, I'll tell you, the other thing that's terrific about Impasse is their Android app. Yep. It's a terrific app. It's just, uh, it's highly polished in both areas. Yep. Works with uh, the fingerprint reader and yep. um, works the same, pretty much as, as well as the desktop app. Amen to that. Amen to that. Moving on, um, we have uh, some of our favorite Linux sites. Give me a favorite Linux site, Rob, for you. OMG, <laughs> Ubuntu. <laughs> uh, that really has become one of the first sites. I check it in the morning and I check it in the afternoon. You know, I mean, great work. Uh, I don't know who all's involved. I mean, I know, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank jo- now. Joey. Uh, Joey. But I don't know who's involved beyond that, but they're doing ter- a terrific job. Yep. It is uh, one of the go-to Linux sites. No matter what you're looking for, um, it's it's one of my top. I don't know if it's one of everybody's top, but it's one yeah. of my top Linux sites. If I want to know something about Linux or Ubuntu, that's where I'm heading first. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So next on the list for uh, top sites – we have gaming on Linux. We just interviewed uh, Liam Dahl last week for from gaming on Linux, and the guy has done a phenomenal job. And he has a few members helping him, but he's done a phenomenal job uh, with putting out gaming news for Linux. Right, right. Pretty much anything you want to know, even before anybody else knows it, it's up there. I love these, you know, niche really focused sites too, you know, when you, because if you've got that one specific interest to be able to go somewhere that is so into it that you're going to get inside scoops, you're going to get, you know, pre-release information. Um, that's what makes a site really, really good, you know? Um, well, it was sure. good talking to him and you get to know the guys behind the service, you know, what I mean, it's always good when you're when you're using a service. It's always good to know who's behind it and what they're like and what they're about. And right. you know, just the fact that they don't have paywalls and they don't have, you know, you don't have to do anything specific to get the news. They just do right. It. They just put uh, it out. Absolutely. There. Yeah, absolutely. Well, another one on my list <clears throat> is PC Mac. I'm sorry, no, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> No, another good site, and it's it's above my head a lot of times, and that's uh, Phronix. But <clears throat> I mean, you can get you can get into some real uh, geeky info there, and some in depth information uh, from that site. Well, Michael Larabelle does uh, again. I mean, I hate to keep saying an amazing job for everybody, but my gosh, the guy must never sleep. He must work like, you know, he, we interviewed him and he is like a wealth of knowledge. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. he just will spit out numbers and, oh, yeah, I tried that. Oh, yeah, I did this. Oh, 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 oh when I tested this. And I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of effort and work that he puts into it. And, I'm amazed. You're absolutely I'm amazed that one person can keep all of that information up there. <laughs> 
It's it's absolutely uh, well. There's no way I could do it. No, no way. No, no way. Neither could I. So, Neither could I. All right. So I am going to mention this, and uh, there's a couple other ones that we're going to mention, but I am I have to mention it. Okay. I know people probably are going to like hate me for it, but Softpedia. Okay. Yeah. Not Softpedia, the main site, but the Linux area of Softpedia is pretty darn good. It has everything. Any kind of news headlines that come out, I mean, it keeps up with the likes of OMG Ubuntu or Gaming on Linux as far as when something comes out, it's on there. And I think it's great. I, I would agree it does, but there's always that uh, little part of me in the back of my mind, and I feel like I'm taking a chance visiting <laughs> Softpedia. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, well, and then there's one we cannot forget. And people don't want to admit that they go to it, but that would be DistroWatch. That infamous site of uh, what static, is the, what is the static, static page? Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, their tagline is "Put the fun back into computing." Yes, so. <laughs> yes, it is. It no, I mean we we make fun of it, and you know we say, "Oh, it's a static page, and nothing ever changes," but. It does give a lot of good information about what's new. Uh, it's always on top of the new releases, and you can like it or hate it, or like it or hate how it goes about doing things. Right. But it is part of the Linux community, and it does do a pretty good job at uh, putting out news. Absolutely, and and it's something that I check, if not every other day, several times a week for sure. All right, the last one that I'm going to mention is it's false it is a linux news site basically and it does another great job at putting out good articles and the articles that are put out on it are relevant articles they're ones that you want to read you know it's not just oh well you know this new you know like i mentioned that tz clock that's not exactly big news you know it's not Mm -hmm. oh well tz clock came out and that's you know, these are rele- relevant articles. Like um, the new ones are Crossover 17 releases for bringing Microsoft Office to Linux. Right. You know, the top 20 GNOME extensions, the 30 best Linux games on Steam. Uh, these are these are good articles, and I suggest you go and read them. In fact, there's another website that continually links to their stories yep. and portrays them as being theirs. <laughs> It's a whole hey, other subject, but copy. What do they say about that? Highest form of flattery. There you go. <laughs> so let's go down to important or impactful changes to Linux, Rob. So yes. what do you think are, what do you think the top, okay, we can't narrow that down to that much. No, 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 no. Just give me a impactful change to Linux this year. Well, obviously snaps. Um, you know, that's a big one. Uh, when you look at the ability to not be so centric to your, you know, RPM or whatever you've decided and, and, and zero in on that. Now you've opened up the ability for, uh, obtaining software that is kind of a universal way of doing that and being able to update it, uh, on the fly snaps has to be on that list. Yeah, it definitely should be on the list because you have uh, not only ways of getting software out there, but getting software updated. And I, th- it just, 
I'm not technical enough to know the back end of snaps and all that's going on behind the scenes, but it seems to me there's more in the pipeline coming down for snaps, like a bigger picture than what we're seeing with just, uh, well, we're going to d- deliver or distribute software. Right. So I, I can't wait to see where it goes next. I'm right there with you. All right. This is another touchy subject, Electron. Okay, there are people who love Electron apps, and there are people who hate Electron apps and think that it's not even, you know, worth installing. I am, I'm not a hater or a lover of Electron. If something works well, that's, that's okay with me. Like, I have certain programs that I can't live without, like one of them. Probably should have been on the list, but I didn't mention it because it was Google. Um, Google Desktop Music Player yes. is my main go-to music player, and it's an Electron app. Yep, but it works. And it's absolutely awesome. And I don't really care that it's an Electron app. I just love the fact that it works, and some guy put it together. And it's not just a – it's not just – the guy who made it is not just a oh, – we put a wrapper on it, and he's actually input – way more settings than you could even on the web page. You're right, right. So I think Electron will, in my opinion, this is my prediction, that Electron will start to move into being more mainstream than it is. I would tend to agree with you because I've started to see, as you've said, some work being done to where an Electron app uh, settings-wise and configuration-wise gives you a lot more flexibility. And here's the other reason that I don't uh, poo-poo the uh, Electron app is because what if you're that person who says, I, you know, I really would like to try Linux, but I need to use you know X, fill in right. the blank. And along comes a well-done Electron app, and that person may not even know it's an Electron app, Okay. Uh, they just know that, hey, this allows them to do what it is they wanted to do on their computer, and now they're happy, and now the world is good because they can use that software in a way they wanted to. That's that's fitting a place within the Linux world that if it helps, okay, people say, well, the, you know, there's the issue, issues here, issues there, but if it helps a few people along the way and it's it's not hurting, you know, uh, and it runs well on their system, then then be happy for them. Look, it's um, well, Google Music Desktop or Google Desktop Music Player is a perfect example of that because without that, I would have to run it in a web page, and I don't want to run it in a web page. I want yep. it integrated into my system. I want to be able to use the sound options for my system and stuff. So that to me makes it the best music player out of all the music players out there. That's yeah. just me. So, yep. All right, so there was definite improvements in hardware support. Um, the NVIDIA drivers uh, continue to get better and better. They're not perfect by far, but they continue to get better and better and give better performance in Linux. And I hate to say that because there are times where it regresses and yeah. it goes backwards a little bit. But looking at it on a whole, from a year's standpoint, to me, they're getting better and better. Listen, that's one of the areas I would almost point to and say, um, if, if you want to see a miracle as far as uh, technology is concerned, take a look at the support, the hardware support that is so broad and so vast within the kernel. I mean, things just where you load up 
Linux and things just work. I mean, you know, I think back to the days where, okay, I got to go get this driver. Oh, okay. No, that driver was the old driver. And if you put this driver on, you know, back in the windows days, you put this driver on, Oh, you just broke the other thing over here. (laughs) And you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, you think back to those days where most distros today, unless you've just got some kind of really bizarre uh, hardware, you know, uh, you install it and it just, the stuff works. It's, it's an amazing thing when you stop and think about it. Printer support even, uh, yep. that's gotten better, Rocco, where, I mean, literally you plug in your USB cable and bam, everything just works. There's no downloading 345 megs of <laughs> Those of printer stuff. drivers were huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you got all the garbage, you know, all the, uh, all the software garbage that came along with that just yep. to get the drivers back in the day, you know? Well, you know, you said printers. And there are – when we say these things, uh, it's not that, you know, there will be somebody out there say, well, I can't install this printer on yeah. this distro. Well, it's not that everything is perfect. And yeah. that every printer will install on every distro on every system. It's right. not the case. What we're saying is on a whole, it's gotten way better. Much better. Yeah. Way better. So your dot matrix printer from 1987 may not work <laughs> out of the box. And there are certain companies that have issues. Like I know a lot of people have issues with Brothers printers. I'm not sure yeah. why that is on Linux. But, I mean, there are people that have issues. Uh, but on a whole, it's gotten better. Yep, absolutely. The next one up that has definitely improved is Bluetooth support. Yep. And I know for many, many people that is a, you know, a, a big part of what they were dealing with, uh, various Bluetooth connections and things like that. Well, I am not a big Bluetooth user, but it is a big part of what people use. And again, we'll go back to the same thing with the Electron. If you need it, you want it to work for your system. You know, if mm-hmm. I use this part of my system, I want it to work. I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and have to fiddle with it. So yep. all the improvements are welcome. Without and a doubt. The last thing we're going to say, the impactful changes for Linux for 2017. And I, I put this in here as just one word. Solus. <laughs> <laughs> It's like mic drop, right? Mic drop. That's it. Solus. Solus. Leave the stage. Um, It has done so much for the Linux, for Linux in general and the Linux community. Uh, Even behind the scenes, stuff that people don't realize, uh, all of the changes and updates that they have put into uh, Upstream and everything else. It's just amazing the work that they've been doing. Yeah. And you know what? Haters are going to hate. Right. And so there are a few haters out there who just for whatever reason, either they, you know, they don't uh, like Ike's personality and his stance on things. But you got to hand it to them, man. You absolutely have to hand it to them. When you step back and you look at what they're doing with such a small group, you know, uh, it's amazing. Absolutely is. And um Congratulations to every one of those, the people behind all of those improvements from Snapcraft to the people with Electron yeah. to all of this, you know, all of those, what, 4,300 uh, companies working on the Linux kernel to improve the Bluetooth support and the hardware yeah. support and everybody involved in Solus. <clears throat> but thank you I think it's, to all of them. Absolutely. Thank you to all of you. And I think 
it's appropriate, Rocco, for us to say 2017 has been a great year for Linux. Well, there's always that question, Rob. Is it the year of Linux? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's been a great year for Linux, whether it's the year of Linux that, you know, that one, that one I'll push to the side. But next up, we have Linux Mint. Linux Mint Sylvia, to be exact. Now, this is 18.3, and I think all of the editions have released, or maybe uh, the KDE and the XFCE are still in beta, but the Cinnamon and the Mate editions have released, and they have done a lot of improving to Linux Mint. Again, there's going to be people out there who, you know, completely dislike Linux Mint for how they do things and their stance on things, but you know what? I got to say, and I have to say that I haven't recommended them Linux Mint to a new user for a while. But if my testing goes the way it's been going on my other drive, I might be recommending this to new users, man. Well, this is definitely one that uh, as I do get my rear end in gear and get back into (laughs) Linux Quest. You got to try it, dude. I have to try this. I really do because it's a big, this is a big update. This isn't some little chintzy, okay, we've got a new release. I mean, um, now you've dug into it enough uh, from the uh, redesign, like on the software manager and things like that. I mean, how would you rate the improvements, Rocco, that you've seen? Well, I would say that the improve. I mean, I'm going to say that the improvements were. I'm not going to rate it, but I'll say that they they have been long overdue yeah. for some of these improvements. But let's start out by saying that it's an LTS, so it's going to be supported until 2021, which is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so they've redesigned the software manager, and I actually watched a YouTube video the other day, and I was really shocked. But I watched a YouTube video about a guy saying how he didn't like it, how he liked the old software center better, but. I think this has brought Linux Mint up into today's day and age where you have a modern looking software manager where you have info on it, you have uh, screenshots on it, you have nice big icons, you have everything you'd want in a good software manager, plus um, you have flat support. Yeah. So you have that along with the regular Linux Mint repositories, and they've integrated it into where you don't really even notice the difference between a Flatpak or a software that's in their repository. Wow. What about this? What about the speed? Now, you're running Cinnamon proper, right? I'm running Cinnamon. Well, I'm not running it, but uh, yeah, I mean, on my other drive, yes, it is Linux Mint Cinnamon. And now... This is just my personal experience because I have talked to people who have said, oh, well, you know, Cinnamon's still taking up a lot of resources. But for me, it it took up no more than any other distribution that I've tried, including KDE, Unity, uh, GNOME, actually less than GNOME. It ran when you – okay, let me stop, step back for a second. It has certain animations in it that are by default. That if you don't have a powerful computer, it may slow them down. Okay. I I have a decent computer, so it doesn't slow my computer down. If you don't have a decent computer, maybe you want to turn off those animations. And it'll probably be just as fast as anything else. Right. So I did not notice a slowdown. I thought it was just as fast as anything else that I've run in the last month. Okay. 
Rocco, what are the uh, some of the other improvements? Because Cinnamon was updated during this update, so it wasn't just hey, we're going to change some menus and things like that. Yeah. But Cinnamon's had some improvements, right? So you have now support for hybrid sleep. You have the ability to show other workspaces in the window list, which you didn't have before. Um, you have a rescan for wireless networks. It's a it's a button. It's a network applet that you okay. can rescan so that you don't have to have it sitting there not connecting and not connecting, okay? Um, you have improved localizations. Um, you have... Now, it says performance up to five times faster. I can't. I'm. I can't verify that. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> Maybe that's why you can say that because it's not easy to verify. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm totally not gonna say that it's five times faster in some cases. So we're just gonna skip over that one and act like that it's not there. So you have support for animated gifs. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> Nemo preview. <laughs> um, all kinds of different little improvements. And again, I go back to the little improvements, but it's all of the little improvements that make yeah. a really good operating system or maybe a good operating system a great one. All right. Well, here's a big one for you, Rocco. Mm -hmm. Have they changed the, may I say, great personality, but lacking on looks department Linux Mint logo? <laughs> no, they have not. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that it, thing has always bugged me. I'm sorry. It just, there's, something about it. There's two things that I change uh, in Cinnamon when I get there. One is the logo. <laughs> and two is the menu. Yeah, and you did a video a while back on I think it, I think it's Cinemenu. Yes, and it it is my style of menu. Okay, right. it is like a uh, quarter screen menu with, and you can change the size of the icons and the size of the categories and and all this stuff. Right. I think that's a perfect type menu for me, and that's what I put on. I I remove the menu from the default menu. I put that on. And it runs perfect. And you're good to go. Well, that's excellent. Well, I still need to probably jump in and give it a whirl. Um, you know, sometimes you do this because you have, here's the problem is we all get preconceived notions about things, especially when you've been running and hopping from distro to distro over the years. And one thing I've told myself is, you know what? Don't be that way. Don't have this immediate preconceived notion, just like you with unity. Well, um, you you can you. It's very easy to get that way because you know it's just muscle memory. It's just what you're used to. You know, people. A lot of people don't right. like change, and I'm kind of one of them. I don't really love change, um, but if you give it give things an opportunity, they'll shock you sometimes. <laughs> That's right. That's so true. That is so true. Sometimes change is not good, and sometimes <laughs> it'll shock you the wrong way. But I mean, like. <laughs> Like I said, you have to be open to that. Otherwise, you know, that's why when I get it, like if I get a new phone or I get a new something, whatever it may be, I don't want to, like I'll have the tendency to switch it all back to the way I'm used to. I want to make it this look like this. Like when you come over, from, when you first come over from Windows, you want to make Linux look exactly like Windows because that's what you're used to. You do. Yeah, you do. But if you let that go and you try new ways of doing things you open yourself up to enjoying things that's maybe right. enjoying it the way the developer intended it to be or and that's why i said about gnome you enjoy things for what they are yeah absolutely yeah 
Well, that this one, Rocco, I'm going to struggle with uh, next up here is which Linux distribution boots the fastest. And the reason I struggle with that is this is a difficult thing to set up. And um, so what all happened here? How, how did this all go well, down? It would be a difficult thing for myself to set up because I would, wouldn't even know where to start to try to compare what Linux distributions boot the fastest. But friend of the show, Michael Laravel, very technical enough to <laughs> set it all up and test it out. And he did multiple tests in multiple different ways. And I'm not going to go through the whole um, article on, on saying exactly all of the specifics, but let's just say that pretty much Solus came out a pretty clear winner on mm-hmm. most tests that it was that it was the fastest or one of the top three fastest on pretty much every test out there. This does not surprise me. The lineup he's got does not surprise me with uh, Solus being the fastest uh, Antergus and then Manjaro. Um, so you've got two arch based distros there. Uh, you know, Solus is kind of famous for boot up time. I, I don't remember the number, but, um, Solus, what was it? Had this remarkable, yeah. Boot time. I do, I do remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, but yeah, Michael did all kinds of different tests, like System D boot time, you know, all kinds of different things, and he tested CentOS, um, OpenSUSE Tumbleweed, Fedora Workstation 27, Ubuntu 17.10, OpenSUSE Elite 42.3, Debian 9.2.1. Ubuntu 16.04, which I'm running, Antergo 17.11, Manjaro 17.06, Wow, Solus 3, and Clear Linux. And out of all of them, uh, like I said, uh, we won't go through every graphic, but for the most part, it was a big win for Solus. Michael, cheers to you, man. This had to be um, a lot of work put into running everything. And I'm sure he did his very best to keep things um, you know, as even playing field as possible so that he could report this. But uh, uh, cheers to you, man. Okay, so um, the next one we're going to look at, Rob, is an article from a website we looked at. It's false. Yep. And it is the top 20 GNOME extensions. So before we get into the article, do you have a favorite GNOME extension? <sighs> Oh gosh, not <laughs> probably not one, you know, uh, again, it's one of those things where you use a multiple with really with gnome, you have to, you know, or gnome, yep. uh, you have to gnome, gnome, <laughs> gnome, gnome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It'd be hard for me to just pick one Rocco. I would say dash to dock. I mean, you got it, you know, you got to have dash to dock. Yep. I agree. I definitely think you have the, have to have dash to dock, but I think you're right that you can't narrow it down to one because there are a couple really good ones. And I think one of the ones that I prefer is Top Icons Plus, which is yeah. pretty much going away. And that's part of the reason why I was losing my system tray icons. And it's a shame because it is one of the best extensions out there. And, you know, it's going down, it's going by the wayside. Right. All right. So uh, he talks about app folder management extensions. So this, what this does is it actually allows you to sort your icons in the menu uh, or in the dashboard, whichever you prefer, in folders. Right. Okay. Um, number two is an app update indicator. 
which I think is a pretty awesome thing that yep. it basically sits in your toolbar and allows you to check for updates, tells you when there's updates. Um, so something that's minor and small and yet awesome. Yep. All wrapped up into one. Uh, next up is auto move windows. It allows you to move windows better between multiple virtual desktops. Uh, you can set it up to open applications on the desktop so that each time you open it, Rocco, it'll go to that specific desktop. Now, do you use multiple desktops? Never have. I'm just kind of that single focused <laughs> on what I'm working on. I, I don't think I have the, uh, the uh, multitasking ability anymore to use multiple desktops. <laughs> Man, if you talk to somebody that does and how they've got it set up and the way they do it, I mean, they are like, preaching it you know yes. like man if you you got to try this and once you get the hang of it you, you'll never go back kind of thing you know i'm sure it's great uh i just like you i just never got into it yeah yeah um and then rocco uh gano menu or no menu however you want to pronounce that one um that's something you've used uh for a while there didn't you well i used it and it's one of those men it's a um I don't say, I won't say it's real customizable, but it allows you to customize certain things about it. And that's, uh, unlike GNOME, you know, <laughs> very I mean, usually, much, very much so, yeah. <laughs> usually you can't customize GNOME. So, um, but it is also a, like a quarter page or quarter screen, uh, menu where you can change the icon size and, you know, if you have favorites in there on the left-hand side and a couple other options. So it is a nice menu. I do prefer yeah, the full screen menu, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still not there with the full screen menu. Um, but I guess now with you being into Unity and everything, menu-wise, it's kind of all just kind of grown on you, I would guess. Yep. Well, Unity isn't – I mean, it's kind of like it's the the, the middle road because Unity isn't a – It's not full, full screen. It's not a full like, screen, but right. it's a three-quarter or a little le over half. So it's yeah. it's pretty nice. I like it. Yeah. All right. So um, then we have, well, we, I think I skipped a few here. We got panel OSD. We have, well, we have caffeine. Can't oh, forget yeah. about caffeine. Oh, because that's right. That is uh, something that is indispensable when you're running uh, videos or full screen videos and you want to make sure that your screen doesn't go in suspend. You want to, you know, maybe lounge on the couch a few feet away from your computer and all of a sudden, your screensaver kicks in and you're watching a movie <laughs> in the best part. So uh, caffeine allows you to uh, turn that off and also the auto suspend as well. Yep. And you have CPU ma power management. Now, this is only for Intel CPUs. So this is a drop-down menu that allows you to change between different presets or different profiles for frequency for your CPU. Now, this is a little... I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not into this because I would rather just let it run so, right. so I don't mess something up. Um, but if you're into tweaking your CPU or tweaking the desktop itself for the CPU, uh, this allows you to do that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's just one of those on the list that if if you're running the uh, GNOME desktop, it's going to be one of those that you definitely want on your list. Um, you know, as we're kind of going through this stuff, Rocco, I'm stepping back and I'm, I'm like in the tell beginning me, of the, tell me Rob, you miss them, don't you? 
No, 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 no. I don't really. Actually, you know, I went through a gnome phase, you know, where I was just so into gnome with all the extensions. But stepping back, okay, so uh, at the end of 2016, what would you have said were the two most known desktop environments in Linux? Probably GNOME and KDE. GNOME and KDE. Which two are we not running and haven't run and... You know, I know, I know. I don't. Um, why is that, though? I don't know that. And you went through the biggest KDE phase of anyone that I know, Rocco, out there. I was so into KDE. And, you know, I still have a soft spot in my heart for KDE because of what how what they have their mindset for the innovation that they try to put into the desktop. Some of the features that they put into the desktop are unbelievable. I mean, just think of mm-hmm. KDE Connect as just a, a simple example of that. A great one, yeah. Absolutely awesome feature that nobody has put in. And yet they they thought, and not only thought about it, but said, you know what, we're going to do it. And they yeah. put it in. Yeah. That's what I love about KDE. This, the stability part of it, I really have had issues lately with KDE. Yeah. And maybe it's just my hardware because i know other people that have run kde lately and including yourself now and have no issues with it but for me on my specific hardware and that's why i'm not not into it as much as i was there is some so okay so there is something to be said then for how well put together a desktop like budgie is that is so far removed from what kde is or really far removed from what GNOME is when you stop and think about it. Yep. So does that say, hey, it's just taking bits and pieces of what most users like and putting it in the right place and doing it the right way without making it too heavy and too complicated? I think it is a an area where you have different people. You know, it, it's funny because people talk about forks being a bad thing. You know, you fork this to be something else and oh, it's just a, another fork of something. Well, you That's, forked it up. You forked it up. You know what I mean? Um, but that is part of the good process of it, where somebody has a different vision on how to do something. You know, you have the main players, and then somebody comes along and says, you know what? This is better. Doing it this way is better. Now, it may not be better for you, but that's their vision on it. Mm. And then you get another one and another one, and you finally come across one that has great vision. And that's, like I said, one of the best parts about Budgie is that you have some of the best defaults Yes, in Budgie that you could have. Right now, that's the day. If, if I said, okay, I've just got to quickly install a distro and a desktop environment to where I don't have to touch a thing. I just go in and set it up and start using it. The Budgie desktop would be my pick for that right now. Absolutely. I totally agree. Budgie has the best defaults out there and the and I like running it and I was the last time I installed it, which was like two weeks ago, I guess, I was so impressed of just again how beautiful it is and how it's set up. Only reason I don't run it is at some point well there's two minor reasons. One is the menu. You're, yeah. But the other one is at some point I usually wanna customize things just a little bit more. Yeah. There's always some little tweak I want to make that I can't make or or that it's too, you know, like I got to go in and edit a config file to make it where I can just do it somewhere else. 
Hi, my name's Rocco. My last <laughs> distro hop was three weeks, four days, three hours, actually, and 27 actually minutes Actually, it was ago. only a couple of days because I just installed <laughs> Unity. <laughs> I fell off the wagon, I did. but I intend not to do it again. I totally fell off the wagon. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so we got off track of this uh, GNOME extensions here. But we did. That's okay. It's my fault. Totally my fault. Uh, so, so my apologies. It's all good. Uh, clipboard indicator. Not something I use. I don't know about you. Mm. Nope, not at all. But it is there for people that uh, want to use it. There's another one called extensions. Frippery. Frippery? Am I saying that? Frippery? Move clock. Yeah, you're you're as good on that as I am there. Well, this allows you to move the clock, basically, uh, in GNOME. So you can move it to the left or the right, uh, depending on where you want it. it. I don't think it gives you the option to move it anywhere you want. It just moves it all the way to the left or to the left of the system tray. Well, I would go on, Rocco, but uh, I, I, I don't have the rest of the list. All right. Okay, good. Then... <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on. <laughs> All right. So user themes. Uh, once again, in order to install other themes, you have to have this theme, this extension installed. So it's definitely a must have. So it should be on the list. Um, hide activity buttons. Hide okay. activities button, I should say. So yeah. the, the activities button up at the top left, do you leave that on, Rob? I turn it off typically. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are many extensions to do this. This is one that, that's basically all it does is shut that off or shut the cock corner off. But I don't particularly use this one, but uh, it is definitely something that should be there. Number 12 is mConnect. And I don't know if you've ever used mConnect, but it's a way to integrate KDE Connect, which we were talking about, into the GNOME desktop. You know what? Uh, I do remember that because, you know, uh, you and I were, you know, probably some of the first to jump on to the KDE Connect bandwagon when it first came out. And I remember you saying, this should be on everything. Yes, it should. (laughs) Well, mConnect, it takes the back end of KDE Connect and uses that and allows you to just basically gives you a front end so that you can connect. Now, it doesn't have all the options that KDE Connect has, but it pretty much allows you to do the main things like uh, send messages and stuff. Okay. All right, you have open weather, number 13. Which is a weather app. Now, I don't particularly use a weather app on my desktop. Do you? Uh, time to time. I'll, you know, just because it's kind of a cool little thing. Just like just putting a clock on your desktop or something, a little widget or whatever. Yep. We will go down the list here. We'll just me- give the honorable mention to the last couple. Panel OSD, uh, Places Status Indicator, which I think is a great one. Refresh Wi-Fi Connections. Remove drop-down arrows, which is a small thing but a very nice thing. And that allows you to remove the little arrows that are up at the top. Uh, Status area, horizontal spacing. I got to stop. I got to stop. This is one of my favorites. For those, for (laughs) For those of us who care about the one pixel areas, uh, this is a must have. So this is a extension that allows you to take the space between the icons in the system tray up on the top right and either make it wider or make it less. And it is something that I always grab and always lessen the space between the icons because there always seems to be too much like one pixel 
yes too much space in there so i always use this this is an awesome extension so small it, so simple so simple and i love the guy who thought about this because you know what 98% of everybody probably never even thought about that or never even cared right. about that but this one guy well, did and i love him but I listen and I agree with you because once you start getting into setting things up and you start getting into the details, that one stop block will be like, Oh, and once you see it, you can't unsee it, nope. you know? And if you've got it in your mind, is there some way to move these things closer together? And so, like you said, whoever came up with that kudos. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the- Last couple, Steal My Focus and Workspaces to Dock. Honorable mentions go to Dash to Dock and Dash to Panel. Now, I think you're a fan of Dash to Panel instead, right? Dash to Panel, yes. That's the list, man. You well, give I've us- got to say this. I've got to say this. Okay, so for those of you watching, what you don't see is that I didn't have the full list. Because I didn't have the full list, I'm only reading a partial part of this, even though I did know that it was the top 20. So in Rocco's mind, he's thinking, okay, Rob's come back on the show for the anniversary edition, and he sabotaged me. (laughs) He's jumping ahead. He's messing things up for me. He's trying to throw me off. And honest to goodness, I really wasn't Rocco. Come on, dude. It's all good. (laughs) It's absolutely all good. Hey, look, I'm going to say this right up front. With this episode, I have had so many problems trying (laughs) to not just scheduling, but, you know, like Ryan uh, having issues with snow and like my system, I had just installed Unity and I had sound problems. I mean, five minutes before the, before we're going to get together, you said to me, are you, are you still good? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm having issues with my sound, you know, like (laughs) everything pretty much went wrong. That could go wrong. My toilet, my toilet overflowed right before the show. I'm telling you. When it rains, it pours. But so, no, that's the least of my worries. But you know what, Rob? It's been awesome having you back on the show. Thank you. And I, I have really, really enjoyed this. I hate that Ryan could not make it because uh, just you guys have, again, I'd like to just in person or, well, you know, on video tell Ryan what a great job you guys have done with the show. Um just keep up the good work. And I know how much work goes into it. So the fact that here you are one year later, Rocco carrying on with the show is awesome. Well, you know, if I had better planning, Rob, I mean, this is episode 49. I probably would have planned it for 50 or something, but I didn't (laughs) have good planning on that end, but seriously, it's been an awesome discussion, man. And brings back really bad memories of of all the problems we had but really great memories of all the great Great. conversations we had great memories and i've missed doing the show with you uh for sure um and so thank you for the opportunity to come back on i I wanted to say something and i didn't mention this to you ahead of time but uh the title of the show Mm -hmm. you remember we were that was a big part of once you and I decided, hey, we, we should do a podcast. This would be something that would be kind of cool and interesting. We went back and forth, and um, I remember you had come up with something like R, R&R or Robin. It was R&R. R&R. Just, R&R. <laughs> it was R&R. <laughs> and it hit me the other day, and I thought, okay, so I'm going to be on the show, and it's Rocco, Rob, and Ryan or Rob. Rocco and Ryan, right. the three R's. And I thought, well, it would have worked out anyway because you got Rocco and Ryan. So it could have still been R&R. However, 
I'm really happy that it was Destination Linux because it's just, you know, to me, that's become a, a well-known podcast name and it fits. Yep. So. Yep. So hopefully it will continue growing. Hopefully um, we have such great, a great community uh, through from the Telegram group to the Patreon members, yeah. all of them support us. And you, you, I won't go and say that uh, we don't get the occasional email of how terrible we are. Because we do. Because <laughs> as a matter of fact, I just got one the other day of how terrible we are. Um, but that's okay. Because we're not a show for everybody. Uh, there's plenty right. of other great podcasts out there that you can listen to if you're not interested in this one. But uh, I enjoy doing it. Well, so I, I, I just want to say to the uh, you're helping people, Rocco. You've got people out there, I'm sure, that are listening to the show that are curious. And you guys have kept the show on a level where it's easy to understand. Uh, I think someone who has just a rudimentary understanding of computer systems and operating systems uh, can listen to this show and gain some knowledge and gain some understanding of what things are and what they're about. And that's helping people. Um, And it's also fun at the same time. And it's something your whole family and you've maintained this, your whole family can listen to the show. And that's something I really appreciate. So again, thank you. Well, it's an it's an enjoyable thing to do with all of the the extra work that it is. I really enjoy doing it as well, and that's what that's what makes it fun. So I appreciate it, man. Um, so where can we uh, are we going to be seeing new Linux Quest videos coming out or what? Yes, I'm gonna get off my lazy rear end and start getting back into Linux Quest. I've missed it. Um, you know, things may be a little different as far as the pace. Uh, and things like that. But certainly, yes, you can find me and reach out to me. Uh, you can contact me through Linux Quest or Google+. Plus. I'm on the Telegram channel, so you could catch me at Rob Collins there. Or uh, I may start a Linux Quest on Telegram if things – I've got some ideas floating around. I'll just leave it at that. Well, you let us know, and we'll advertise for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Let me know what that costs beforehand, okay? It's big bucks, dude. <laughs> Rocco, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you being here, man. Happy anniversary and hello to everybody listening. All right. So a big thank you to everybody. Have a great week. And remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast.